So we come to part six of our uh, practical grace-filled living series, uh, looking through the book of James, the book of James, amen. And today we come to James 3, verse 13 to 18. I want to speak with you about how to reap goodness by relating wisely to people. God tells us the way we relate to people has everything to do with how God's going to bless us. Uh, our relationship with others uh, connects with our relationship with God, and God wants us to be his agents here to do his work here on earth by connecting with others the way he would so that in turn will bless us. You want to be blessed by God? Treat people the way God wants you to treat them. Uh, treat people even better than what, they, 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 what, what you treat yourself or what God treats you. Uh, and guess what? God's going to take you places. And, and the, the, the reason this is important as believers is that every day we encounter many different people, right? Every day we come in contact with, with different people. Some are delightful. Some are in, in, inspiring. Others are difficult, irritating, fascinating, and even intimidating, Right? Uh, and, and the fact is that a lot of problems that we have in life uh, is because of personality conflicts, right? We, we, we can get along with people. They can get along with us just because we're all different people. Uh, you know, we all have different backgrounds. We all, our makeup is a lot different. There are no two people who are the same. Uh, and uh, uh, we know this, that, I mean, you could be a millionaire. You could have all the fine things that money can buy. But when your relationships are bad, your life stinks. So it's essential, it's important that as God's children that we learn how to get along with people. Uh, and God has attached a special blessing, a special blessing uh, attached to how we connect with people. When we connect with people, right, God says, I will, I will give you a blessing. He calls this a harvest of goodness. And so today what we're going to be looking at is we're going to look at how to relate to people wisely so that we can reap what God calls the harvest of goodness from James 3 beginning from verse 13 to 18 so let's let's uh, let's let's uh, read that together so on your sermon outline up on the screen for those of you who uh, who follow online go to go to favorlife.org so let's go ahead and read that together uh, James 3 verse 13 and 18 he says who is wise uh, and understanding among you let them show it by <coughs> by good deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom but if you have a bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom doesn't come from heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you, you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. Amen. So here is the key verse for, you know, this amazing portion of scripture that God opened the eyes of the Apostle James to share with us. It's James 3.18. Let's all say that together. It says, those who are peacemakers will what plant seed of peace and reap a harvest of of goodness and here James inspired by the Holy Spirit is telling us that every day we are planting seeds every day we are planting seeds right some seeds of anger seeds of jealousy seeds of, of insecurity 
seeds of selfishness, seeds of, of envy, seeds of, or seeds of peace, seeds of confidence, many different kinds of seeds. And so inevitably, what will it is in our relationship with others, we will, we will reap what we sow. We'll reap what is sown. And he uses this metaphor, this illustration that the life that we live with, 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 with others, the way we interact with people, they are like seeds that we are sowing. And when you sow a good seed, you're going to bear good fruit. When you sow a bad seed, you're going to bear bad fruit. And God is saying, hey, this is not just about, oh, this is who they are. I, I, I'm not going to see them anymore, and I'm just looking out for me. No, God rewards us according to our relationship with others. And James tells us this. And so the question here is, how can we plant seeds of peace? How can I be a peacemaker? How can I have peaceful relationships so that I can reap a harvest of goodness? And James gives us the answer. And in this short passage of scripture that we just read, James 3, verse 13 to 18, four times he uses the word wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. So the answer is, I can sow seeds of peace to be able to reap a harvest of goodness when I live by godly wisdom. Godly wisdom. In this passage, James does three things for us. First, he defines what wisdom is. Then he shows us that godly wisdom is different from wisdom of this world. Then he details how we can operate in wisdom. I mean, oftentimes people think that living by wisdom is living in common sense. And so you hear people throwing this, oh, you got to live by wisdom. And what they're talking about or what they are demonstrating in their life is common sense. And God is saying, hey, the wisdom of mankind, the wisdom of this world is far different than the wisdom of God. And, and, and so he tells us this in verse 13. Look at this. Look at this. Just, 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 just right off the bat. Look at this. He says what? James 3, 13. He says, who is wise and understanding among you, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom and it says so wisdom is a lifestyle wisdom is a lifestyle it's not something you know it's not something you think it's something that you live out and the kind of wisdom that God is saying he says show it show it show it and how do you show it show it by what your good life and so when somebody tells you well, you got to act by wisdom and it's not a good life it's not done in humility and then then, then it's 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 not it's not the kind of wisdom that comes from God it's human sense. It's being street smart. And how many of you know that street smart can get you so far? There's so much people who are just smart in the head, smart by way of their age, but all of this is what their insecurity and their, and their selfishness and envy and pride and anger that is being demonstrated. And God is saying, hey, that kind of wisdom that God is going to bless you, the kind of wisdom that reaps a harvest of goodness, well, it is manifested in your lifestyle. Show your wisdom by your good deeds done in humility. What is humility? Humility is treating people better than yourself. Humility is doing what God wants you to do. Humility is forsaking yourself so that God can use you to be an extension of his grace and mercy and compassion and sympathy to others. That is humility. Humility means I have my rights. I, I could mind my own business, but I don't, I'm not, God never sent me here to mind my business. If I'm minding my business, I'm not going to be blessed. I won't get ahead. But when, by, by doing what God wants me to do, God God loves the whole world by being an extension of what God wants you to do. That is humility. Then I will reap a harvest of goodness. So wisdom is a lifestyle. It has nothing to do with your intelligence. 
it has, it has everything to do with your character and your relationships. Who is wise among you, show it by your good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. Amen. It's not just words, it's works. Next, he also tells us, he says this, he says what? He says, if we are not demonstrating the wisdom by our good deeds in life, guess what's happening? What, what, we are... We are what dispersing problems. So we are either living in wisdom, which is showing our good life, born out of humility that comes from God, or we are what causing problems. And so lack of wisdom causes problems, causes problems for ourselves, our family, right, our clients, our neighbors. For the next generation, we are sowing seeds of envy, seeds of selfishness, seeds of pride. So lack of wisdom causes what? problems now look at how James puts that look at how James puts that right look at from, from, from verse I mean 14 to 16 it says if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts do not boast about it or deny the truth such wisdom doesn't come from heaven but it's what earthly unspiritual and demonic for where you have what envy and selfish ambition there you'll find disorder and every evil practice right if it's all about me, 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 guess what? Things are not going to be smooth in your life, in your relationship, in your peace, in your joy, in your ambition. You're not going to get ahead in life. And so when, you're not, when we are not acting in godly wisdom, what we're doing is that we are causing problems. Lots of problems. Problems for ourselves, problems for our kids, problems for our generation, problems for our clients. Just problems. You won't get ahead until you, you, we, we live in what godly wisdom. And says, here's what we get. We get the opposite. We, we, we have a life of where we are harboring. Amen. He said, you harbor bitterness. You hold on to grudges. What people said, what people did, what they didn't do, what you think they should have done but haven't done. You are harboring bitterness rather than what living, living out the good fruit, the good fruit of life. You are operating on selfish wisdom. It's me. This is what I want to do, selfish ambition. And that causes what? Problems. There will be what? Disorder and every evil practice. So lack of wisdom causes all kinds of disorder and problems and chaos and confusion. Now you can rid all of these problems in your life by living in godly wisdom and reaping a harvest of goodness. And in the next verse, James teaches us how we ought to be wise in relating to people. Because God's going to bless you how you relate to people. That, you know, the things that you do for yourself, they get wasted. But what you do for others, what? Gets blessed. What you do for others, get, what you give away, get blessed. What you, giving your time, your treasure, your experience, your energy, your skill set, it comes back to you many times. Give and it will be given to you. He says, well, I want somebody to give me something. God says, you got to give first. Give and it will be given to you. And you get more. You get more than what you give. A good measure, president, shaking together, run over where God calls people, people to pour in your lap is what scripture says. So, so the next verse, James teaches us the characteristics of wise people and he gives us seven traits, seven characteristics of wise people. The kind of godly living, which is wisdom, that, is, that we can demonstrate that will be pleasing to God for God to turn around and give us what's called a harvest of goodness. Let's look at it together. James 3, 17, he says, well, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, 
considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Seven of them. And here James drilled down on this and today I'm going to share three of these with you. Three of those with you. We're going to be looking at uh, pure, peace loving and considerate. And, and these are the characteristics. The kind of relationship that we with intention dish out to people that God says oh wow you become my agent n n n now here's that harvest of goodness that I have in store for you so first if I'm wise I want what compromise my integrity I will live what honestly the wisdom from above that comes from heaven is first of all what pure the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. And James, inspired by the Holy Spirit, tells us, he says, hey, to live this wise life of wisdom, I, I won't compromise my integrity. I will live honestly. And the uses is first of all pure. That's the beginning. And the word pure means it's uncorrupted. The word pure means it's authentic. The word pure means it's honest. And in John 3, 3, the same word, pure, refers to Christ's character. That we are living Christ-like, which is integrity, genuine. If I'm wise, I'm not going to lie to you. If I'm wise, I'm not going to cheat you. I'm not going to manipulate you. I'm not going to be deceitful. I'm going to be a person of integrity. I will live honestly. And here's why this is important, because all relationships are built on trust and respect, Right? trust and respect and if we are not honest no one is going to trust us if you're not honest you're not going to get respect from others you say well people don't respect me well are you honest because if you are honest honesty what produces respect honesty produces trust and so first of all is the kind of wisdom that god blesses as one that is honest one that is pure, one that is authentic, one that is uncorrupted, uncorrupted. And we have to have integrity in our lives so that God will use others to be a blessing unto us. See, God's not going to come from heaven and bless you directly. God's going to bless others so in turn will bless you. God's going to speak to hearts and minds, soften the hearts and minds of people in good places, in high places, to show you favor, mercy. And it comes says, this, this, this is what I would put forth. So I will call your name. I will speak your name. I'll, I'll bring your face before influential men and women. You've got to live honestly and not compromise your integrity. Now, the guy who invented the, detect, the, the light a detector, Dr. Leonard Keller, he tested 25,000 people and concluded that people in general are basically dishonest. So we will be a rare breed and we'll stand out in our community, in our family, on the job, we'll stand out everywhere we go when we demonstrate this, this wisdom trait of being honest you see there are two books of wisdom in the bible in the old testament there's the wisdom book of proverbs in the new testament there's the wisdom there's the wisdom book of james that we're looking at and you see that everything you see in james is what it's played off in the book of proverbs so let's see what proverbs has to say about integrity about honesty look at this proverbs 10 9 proverbs 10 9 he said what whoever lives honestly will live what securely but whoever lives dishonestly will be found out why do you think that when you live a live a honest life you're going to live securely well you don't have to look over your shoulders right 
You don't have to think about what you told somebody that was a lie. Because every time you tell a lie, guess what? One of these days you're going to slip up. And people are going to know that you are dishonest. Right? So people who live honestly live securely. Live securely. You, you're not thinking, well, somebody's going to do me wrong. Why? Because you're living your life with integrity, with genuineness. So there's power in your life. I mean, a clean engine gives more power. Your heart is, it's not that you are perfect, but you're doing the best you can with what you've got to be able to what? treat people right, right, in the service of Almighty God. And so God says, when you live honestly, you will live securely. But guess what? But whoever lives dishonestly will be found out. Right? Will be found out. Sooner or later, the truth will come out. The truth will what? E merge and God is saying hey you know I will bless you I will give you a harvest of goodness in your relations with people you don't compromise your integrity and you live honestly someone has said no person has a good memory to be a habitual liar you can't remember everything that you said and so just do it let's just be honest with things and just so you don't have to remember <laughs> Glory to God. Now here's the second thing. Here's the second thing that James, James teaches us about being living in wisdom that will receive a harvest of goodness. If I'm wise, I won't what? Provoke your anger. Instead, I will what? Work at maintaining harmony. Right? I will work at maintaining harmony. In other words, wise people work at maintaining harmony. Wise people are not looking for a fight. And the scripture here is wisdom. The wisdom that comes from heaven is what? Peace-loving. Peace-loving. Have you ever met somebody who's always arguing? Someone who's always provoking anger. Someone who's looking for a fight. And it says if you are smart, the kind the, of, of, of behavior that God looks for to give you what he calls a harvest of goodness is one that doesn't irritate people's anger. Looking to push people's buttons so that you get the worst out, worst out of them. And God is saying, don't do that. Because each and every one of us have our limits. And when you are in the business of, of really pushing buttons of people, God says, you're not somebody I can use. You're not somebody I can bless. You are stunted your own growth and progress. Oh, look at this amazing portion of scripture. See if you'll agree with this. Look at this. Look at Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23. He said, Pastor Mike, you don't understand, but the people around me are mean. People around me are always pushing my button. People around me are saying, are saying mean things about me. So what am I supposed to do? If you hit me, I'll hit you twice. I'll fight fire with fire. Well, here's what the Bible tells us on this note. Look at Proverbs 23. Read that with me. It says, any fool can what? Start an argument. The honorable thing is to what? Stay out of them. Right? I mean, when somebody's really provoking you to anger, really want to start a fight, how do you defuse that? Stay out of it. Right? Stay out of it. <laughs> just, just let them move on. Let, let them move on. And it says, it says, the wisdom from God is peace-loving. Now, human wisdom will say, look, if you treat me bad, I'll treat you bad. If you lie on me, I'll lie on you. If you cheat on me, I'll cheat on you. If you gossip at me, I'll gossip at you. He said, that's not from God, and God's not going to bless that. He says, this, the, the kind of behavior that God equates a harvest of goodness is, it's one that is from God. It's not of this world. You're not going to get it from your environment. You're not going to get it from your family background. It's not something that perhaps wasn't taught at home. You didn't learn it from school. 
Not everybody is doing it in this community, in this world. It comes from God. It's foreign. We live in this world, but we are not of this world. And God is saying, hey, for us to, 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 to inherit this harvest of goodness, we've got to be in the space of our life where we decide we're going to do things God's way. I want to provoke people's anger. I will do everything I can to work at maintaining harmony with people. Now, when it comes to arguments here, there are basically three things that start arguments, right? Three things that start arguments. Watch this. <laughs> They are comparing, they are condemning, they are contradicting, right? Three things that start arguments. And, and people who love arguments, they love arguments. This is how arguments get started. They start arguments. First, they, they would, would compare, oh, you are just like this person. You are just like that. When somebody tells you you are just like somebody, right, who has a checkered character, what they are looking for an argument, isn't that? You just like your drunk uncle. You just like this person. You just like a deadbeat dad. You just like so and so and so. And right, comparing what they they, they starting an argument. Or why can't you be like this person? Why can't you be like our neighbors? Why can't you be my coach? Why can't you be like my brother? Why can't you be like my dad? I'm not your dad. I'm not your mom. I'm not your friend. I'm not your ex. People, these things start argument. Oh. When I was your age, this is what happened. They are looking for a fight. And God is saying, you know, to, 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 for those who are starting arguments, says, watch out. They start with comparative statements. says, let them have it. Let them have it. Look at this amazing portion of scripture when it comes to comparing. Look at this. Look at Second Corinthians 10, 12. It says what Paul is speaking. It says, we do not dare compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. I'm not trying to compare myself to everybody. And you better not let anyone compare yourself to anyone else. It's just, it's just, it's just an argument starter. And God is saying, he says, any fool can start arguments. The honorable thing is to stay out of it. Now, the second argument starter is this. is what? Condemning. Condemning. It's all your fault. You should be ashamed of what you did, right? Those are, those are what? Those are, those are statements of condemnation. You know, they lay guilt on you. Statements like, like, you always do that. Have you ever heard people say that? They, 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 they speak in generalities. You always do that. You never do that. You ought to do this. this. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. You always, always, always. Nobody always does the same thing over and over again. They're looking for argument. You never do this. You never do this. Really? <laughs> Those are argumentative statements. Those are, someone has said, you can bury a, a, a marriage with a lot of these little digs. You always, you never. You always, you never. And God says when it comes to condemnation, here's a portion of scripture oh, that, that, that I encourage you to unlock in your heart. Look at Luke 6, 37. Here's Jesus speaking. He says what? Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Well, say that with me. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. 
See, when you look at the life of those who condemn others, guess what? Every time they are mad about what somebody has said or done to them, God says, what? You are what, getting, what you give to others. What you addition to others will come full square back at you, and it will come even greater, greater, because when you give, it will be given back to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And so when you give condemnation, you're going to get what an avalanche, far greater, far greater. When you are putting people down, it says, don't do that. It's an argument starter, but it's not going to be a blessing unto you. you it, listen, they've moved on in their life. There are people that you are condemning are living their life. If somebody was condemning me yesterday, guess what I was doing? I was having a blast. I was having a wonderful time yesterday. Getting ready to come here today. Right? And, but God said, look, it says, when you condemn others, it will all, all. The, Jesus, the, your Savior, your blessor. It says, here's how you rob yourself of this harvest, harvest of goodness. By treating people bad, guess what? You get more of it, more of it. Glory to Almighty God. So we start arguments by comparing, by condemning. Third also by, by what? Contradicting. How do, we, how do we contradict? We contradict when we, have, we like to interrupt people in the middle of a sentence. Let's just say what they're saying is not even the way you would describe it. No. Listen, and everybody here who leaves this service will have another description of this service. There's no two people who see the same thing equally. Do you believe that? And so when someone is saying something, they, they may have an angle. Every now and then, just, just let them have their, their last word. And when we tend to interrupt people in the middle of their sentence, it's irritating. And James says, if you are wise, you won't sweat the small stuff. William James says that he says the secret of wisdom is known what to overlook. Some things are not just worth the fight. The wisdom from God, the Bible says, is peace-loving. Peace-loving. Look at this amazing portion of Scripture when it comes to contradicting. Look at this. Look at this. Proverbs 19.11. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to do what? Overlook an offense. It's not everything that you must say. Not everything that you've got to talk about. I mean, when somebody does something wrong, not everything you have to laugh at. Not everything that you have to say something about. Overlook that of, yes, they were wrong. Yes, they didn't say it right. Yes, they're not dressed right. Yes, there's something off with your outlook. Something off with your appearance. Something off with your verbiage. Something off. But it says, it, says it, is, it is what? To your wisdom. It is to your wisdom. It is to your wisdom to exercise patience and to overlook an offense. No one is perfect. I'm not. If anyone thinks they are, you're not. Only God is perfect. And so it says when we contradict people because we try to know too much, we want to stand out, God is saying that ruins a relationship. And God is saying, hey, that's not somebody that I can use to be a blessing. That's not somebody I can use as my hand, my eyes, my feet, my hand. Lord Almighty God. Oh, I like this portion of scripture in Colossians 3.13. Look at this. It says, make allowances for each other's fault. You know what, what the, word, the word make allowances is the same word we use for grace. We want God to show us grace. To treat us better than we deserve. To not treat us with what we deserve. We want God to show us kindness and mercy. He says, do the same for others. Show 
other's grace. Make allowances for what? Each other's faults. Knowing very well that, that your spouse, your kid, your boss, your co-worker, your sibling, your parent, your child, your church member, your pastor is going to have faults in life. So make, make allowances for that. Tolerate that. Right? Tolerate that. No one is going to be perfect. And so don't get into a place of contradiction. You always do this. You never do that. The people who are saying you always do that, when you really look squarely at their life, they have problems going to the wazoo. They have situations staring right at their face that, that they can easily solve, easily solve, but they are busy focusing on the life of people. It says make allowances for each other's faults. Hear, what, hear, hear this, hear this. Hear this. And forgive anyone who offends you. When somebody comes back and says, when somebody does something wrong, don't forgive them. That's not wisdom from above. That's human wisdom. That's insecurity speaking, right? That is hurt speaking. You ought to pray for people like that. Pray for them because they are hurt. They are wounded. They are carrying, they are carrying fire in their belly. They are carrying their wounds. They have scars around them that they have not let go. Because the minute they let go of those scars, they will be forgiven. The minute they will let go of this cup, they will be embracing. The minute they let go of those scars, they will be what? They will be accepting. We are wounded healers. And as children of God, oh glory to God, we want to give others what we've received from God. When God shows us mercy, we can't wait to go out and show someone mercy. When God shows us forgiveness, we can't wait out to go and forgive others. We can only give what we, what, what, what we have received. And so God says, hey, you have received forgiveness. Go out and give it. And when you can give it, receive it from God and tell God, God help me to receive, embrace your forgiveness, embrace your mercy, so that I will go and be merciful to others. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Merciful means what? You are show mercy to others, you receive mercy and you bounce it off to others. And so it says, well, we can make allowances for each other's faults. We can forgive those who offend us. Why? Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Not as suggesting a requirement. He says, do it the same way God gave it to you. There are so many people who don't understand the word of God who will come in and define forgiveness in human terms. It says, forgive others just the way God has forgiven you. How did God forgive you? He's wiped it off. How did God forgive you? He's separated as far from the east from the west. How did God forgive you? He will never count on it. He will never bring it back. God is not waiting to ding you with what you've done. He says, forgive others just the way I have forgiven you. Treat others the way God has treated you. Not the way people treat you. Not the way you want to treat people. Not the way you think it should be. Do it God's way. God is the standard. And it says if we do that, we are what? Reaping a harvest of goodness. Not wisdom of this world, but wisdom from what? Heaven. Glory to God. So to relate wisely to others and reap a harvest of goodness, number one, God says, I must not compromise my integrity. Instead, I've got to live with honesty. Show all of my cards, right? Because God sees all things. Right? He's the great seer. And he will bless us according to our actions. He says, what we do for others, we do unto God. And from God, we're going to receive what? Blessings. And secondly, also, 
Uh, if I want to reap a harvest of goodness by relating wisely to others, God says, I won't provoke your anger. Instead, I'll walk toward maintain harmony. As far as it concerns with us, God says, what wisdom that comes from God is what peace loving. First of all, pure. Second, it's peace loving. Next, it says, what wisdom is what considerate. Considerate. So the third is this if I'm wise, I want what minimize your feelings. I will be what considerate. Considerate. Honesty, harmony, consideration. Honesty, harmony, consideration. Wisdom is considerate. Uh, in the Good News translation, it uses the word gentle. It uses the in the uh, in the Living Bible it uses courteous, courteous wisdom from heaven. The kind of wisdom that God looks at and says, "Hey, the way you are interacting with others is 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 fueled by my Holy Spirit. It's not something that is unspiritual or something that is demonic. It's something that is what from heaven, and I will assign a blessing to that." He says, "That kind of wisdom is one that is considerate." It doesn't minimize the feelings of others. It's gentle and it's what courteous. Now, what does consideration mean? Consideration means that I'm pay, I pay attention to what people say. Consideration means I'm mindful of the feelings of others. Consideration means that I don't dismiss their feelings saying, well, you shouldn't feel that way. You shouldn't think that way. Consideration shows courtesy. It treats people with respect. It helps them any way we can. You know, there's a common mistake that if I cannot feel the way you feel, then your feelings are illegitimate. Why, why are you thinking like this? <laughs> no, two people are, are the same. While I may not agree with the way you feel or think, I, 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 I cannot, I, God said, don't dismiss it. Because you don't know what's involved in those thoughts, those feelings, those demonstrations. We can't say it's irrational. We can't say it's silly. And it says wise people are considerate. They don't minimize other people's feelings. We've got to accept it. Not agree with that all the time, but accept it. That's the way they feel. That's the way they think. We start with a place of acceptance of what people think. Acceptance doesn't always mean agreement, right? And we don't have to agree with people to accept them. We can accept people for who they are. And that's what brings consideration, knowing that we are different. We are, how harmony works in a relationship, how the spirit of unity works in our homes, in our parenting, on a job, is what, is what we, when we show consideration, it means I will not do this this way, but this is the way you're doing it, and so what? You are different from me. You are different from the way I will handle these things. And that's what breeds what harmony. Other than that, what? There's chaos. There's confusion. There is disorder. And the Bible says every evil practice will come out of disharmony. Because we are intolerant. Oh, look at what Paul, the, or the Apostle Paul, uh, uh, speaks to us on this note. Amazing portion of scripture. Look at this. It says what? Believers shouldn't curse anyone or be quarrelsome, but they should be what? Gentle and show courtesy to everyone. You see, the latter part supports the, the former part. You see, Pastor Mark, people are mean, people are nasty, people are rude. Right? People are rude. People are mean. People are disrespectful. He says, but here's what I want you to do. 
As a believer, you should be gentle and show courtesy to who? E everyone, including the rude people, the mean people, the people who don't who appreciate you, who don't love you, who don't like you. Yes, everyone. Hello. He said, I said, I believe that's what you've got to do. If you do this, well, the first part is already taken care of. If you show gentleness and courtesy to everyone, right? You won't curse people, and you won't be quarrelsome, right? <laughs> because, like, you know what? Th that's what they said. That's what they are, and so I'm just going to let it go. I'm not going to feed into that. I'm not going to be like them. I know better. I know what the Word of God says. I hear the voice of the Spirit speaking to me to be gentle and to show courtesy to everyone, and so therefore I'm going to extend courtesy. And this is the kind of glory, oh my Lord, this is the kind of attitude and behavior that God says, I am going to be, I'm going to bless. I'm not going to be condescending towards others, but I'm going to be wise in my relationship on the job, with my coworkers, with my kids, with my neighbors, with my family members, with my church members. I'm not going to minimize their feelings, but I will be what? Considerate. I'll be considerate. The reason I can be considered is, is, guess what? You don't own my behavior. I don't own your behavior. You see, when we try to own people's behavior, that's when we try to want to be like them, manage their life, control their lives. No, 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 no. You can't even control your own life. And so let it sit where it came from. What they said is what they said. It's on them. And so you can extend what? Gentleness and courtesy. If somebody comes and says, Pastor Mac, you are a fool. Well, they said that. I didn't say that. I know I'm not a fool. Therefore, guess what? I'm not going to what? I'm not going to get sucked into, into them. That, that, that's what they think. Let them think that until the cows come home. I'm not a fool. I know I'm not a fool. And so, therefore, I'm not going to suck into that. Right? They, 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 they own it. They what? 1,000%. They own their words. They own their impression. They own their attitude. They own their behavior. And so I can extend courtesy to them. I can be gentle to them. Because it just stopped right with them and hasn't gotten to me. Never will get to me. Because what? I'm not a fool. Says believers, says as believers, you should know, you should know this. Glory to Almighty God, that you are a peacemaker, that the wisdom that comes from God, it is first pure. Wisdom that comes from God is peace, love, and the wisdom that comes from God is cons considerate. Considerate. Amen. Oh, one of, the, one of the reasons why we can be considerate. And put this into practice is not to see disagreements as a win-win. See every conversation as, well, who's winning? Who's winning? <laughs> Amen. Oh, we don't have to win at every conversation, every instance, every interaction. And that we tend to be combative. We tend to be argumentative. We tend to always want, always want to feel superior, always want to feel like we've got a high stand. And that will always lead us into more arguments because every time somebody, oh, oh, they didn't say hello to me. They've won. I'm mad. They looked at me differently. They've won. I've lost. I'm mad. No, life is not about win or loss. It's not about win or loss. Instead, even where there are disagreements, it's a great opportunity to understand a different point of view and learn from other people. Even people's own mistakes, you can learn from their mistakes of what not to do. 
of what not to act, of what not to, it, it bolsters your conviction. If you have a conviction, this is not way, the way they acted. All of a sudden, now you are all, com all convinced that I am not going to act like them because they just acted like a fool. They acted like a jerk. They said something I shouldn't be saying. So now I have greater understanding. It's not etched in my mind what not to do, right? And so you can even learn from a different point of view. And when God says this as believers, he, this is what he's looking for. The kind of wisdom from above that is considerate. It's gentle. It shows courtesy to everyone. And so therefore we are not sucked into cursing people or being quarrelsome. Because the Bible tells us that's the bait for the enemy. That's a weapon of the enemy. Right? Pride, anger, selfishness, quarrelsome attitude. The enemy loves that as the weapon that he uses to bring all kinds of disorder and every evil practice. See if you believe in this. Look at, look at this companion scripture from uh, the, um, the Old Testament book of wisdom, Proverbs, Proverbs 15.4. It says, well, kind words bring what? Life. Cruel words crush your spirit. How many of you have experienced kind words that were so refreshing, encouraging, uplifting? On the other hand, how about Cruel words. Somebody said something just in a mean way. Either the words that were said or the tone in which they came at you. Or even what we call microaggression, their body language, the way they looked at you. Right? The way the way they just basically treated you. It felt like you are nobody what crushed your spirit. And God said, if we care, we'll be aware. Amen. Let's say it together. If I care, I'll be what? Aware. If I care, uh, that's how we show consideration. I'll be aware of how we relate to our kids, we relate to our spouse, we relate to others. And when others, are, we, when, when we are not getting it from others, understand is that God has treated us better than anyone would treat us. God loves us unequivocally. God loves, he shows us mercy, compassion. Oh, we sang a song. That we are children of God. We are chosen, not forsaken. God is on our side. Amen. And so to live with wisdom, to live with wisdom and relate to others and reap a harvest of goodness, number one, I must not compromise my integrity, right? By living honestly, I must not provoke others to anger. Instead, I, will, I must work toward maintain harmony. Next, I must what? Not minimize your feelings. Instead, I must be what? Consider it. That's the wisdom from heaven. That's the wisdom that the Holy Spirit breathes in us. Integrity, harmony, consideration. Honesty, harmony, consideration. Amen. Now, these things, we don't get enough ourselves. We can't read a book to get that. We can copy that from others. We get it from Almighty God. And God tells us if we lack wisdom, we should come from Him. And it's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. You see, knowledge comes from reason. You see, this is the way I reason this. This is common sense. This is street smart. Knowledge comes from reason. But what? Wisdom comes from revelation. Revelation is, means it's from God. Knowledge is something you learn. But how many of you know that you could have a big head full of knowledge and get to know where in life? But wisdom is a gift and wisdom comes from God. It's good to have knowledge, but God says don't stop at knowledge. Go beyond knowledge to need wisdom. And this is, this is a, this for the rest of your life, all to be your prayer. Oh, I've made this my prayer. 
Uh, and every day I, I, I try best to ask God, God, give me wisdom. Show me what to do. Tell me where to go. Open my eyes to see the things that I should be concerned about. What should I spend time, money, resources, energy on? G give me your wisdom. Because common sense is not good enough. Right? How many of you have my own common sense, my own knowledge, taught you were on the right path and has ended with disaster? It happens time and time and time again. Look at this amazing portion of in James 1.5. He says, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him and he will gladly tell you, for he, God, is always ready to give a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him. He will not resent it. May I encourage you to make it a habit to ask God daily, ask God always to give you wisdom. Because if you are loving and wise, you will make it in life. If you are loving and wise, as James tells us, you will reap what he calls a harvest of goodness. Strangers will sow into your bosom. Difficult things will become easy for you. What you've not been able to accomplish and others haven't accomplished in a whole generation. In a short amount of time, God will birth it for you because what you are loving and you are living in godly wisdom. Amen. Oh, wherever you are, will you bow your heads? And let's, and let's, uh, and let's come to a place of prayer and tell God to give you wisdom. The kind of wisdom that will cause you to live with integrity, with purity, with authenticity, with genuineness, where your light is shining out in a dark world. I ask God to give you that wisdom and that boldness to be able to live integrity, harmony, consideration. Father, right now, as heads are bowed, breathe in each and every one of us the attitude, the zeal, the desire. Oh, to live pure life, honest lives, to live the kind of life that will bring glory to you, the kind of life that will cause us to stand out in a dark world. Help us to be a difference maker in our homes, in our communities, in our families, in this church, on the job, everywhere we go. So the wisdom that comes from above, first of all, is pure. So birth that in us, Lord God. Give us the audacity. Give us the passion, the sense of pride and urgency to stand out and live for you unashamed unashamed lord god lord god almighty so that we are living that stand out life of integrity and honesty and for everyone in the sound of my voice lord god right now jesus fill our hearts with the desire oh to maintain harmony wherever we are the enemy is in the division business the enemy oh it's in the business of sowing discord and envy pride selfishness bitterness lord god instead touch our hearts lord god almighty oh my lord to be a bridge builder to return good for evil that is done to be your agent my god to repay good with evil that's done use us in this wicked dark world to sow seeds of harmony of unity of oneness of forgiveness of acceptance with one another in the name of jesus and Father, everyone, in the sound of my voice, Lord God Almighty, use us as agents of consideration, Lord God. Oh, in this, in this world of competition, in this world of comparison, in this world of condemnation, don't let us, Lord God, feed into this frenzy. Instead, Jesus, oh, help us to sow seeds of grace 
Wherever we go, consideration, loving others the way you loved us, forgiving others the way you've forgiven us, showing mercy the way you've shown us mercy, loving others with your heart, oh God. Yes, Lord. You say, oh God, that when we live wisely with others, we will reap the harvest of goodness, that we, each and every one of us, will reap that harvest of goodness, harvest of goodness. Because whatever we do, you've assured us that we do it unto you, that from you will we receive, oh my Lord, a reward. So from here on, increase our commitment. From here on, build our faithfulness to doing what's right, to living for you, oh God, to letting our light shine. Jesus, in every area of our life, in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Oh, my brother, my sister, if you've not received Christ as your Savior, what a good time. To do it today because wisdom comes from God. Christ is wisdom. Look at this portion of scripture in Colossians 2, verse 2 to 3. It says, What? They will know God's secret, which is Christ Himself. Christ is the key that opens all the hidden treasures of God's wisdom and knowledge. Will you embrace Christ so you will have the key that will unlock the hidden treasures of God's wisdom? And that you hear that voice that, that tells you what to do. You hear the voice of God. You'll be led by divine wisdom according to God's plan for your life. Will you invite Jesus in your life so that you'll have what it takes to be able to live a life of purpose? Oh, let me pray a prayer with you that many has prayed over 40 years I gave my life to Christ. I prayed a similar prayer by faith. And God, what a, a life change is brought unto me. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for your blood. That saves us. So today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Lord, come in my heart. Save me. Make me one of yours. Grant me the keys that will unlock the hidden treasures of God's wisdom and knowledge. So that I will live in the truth that will lead to victory. Lord Jesus, oh, take my life and you use it to accomplish your purposes. And on the day that my lifetime here on earth is done, in heaven where you are, it's where I'd like to be. Come and take me to be with you forever and ever. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen.